Ho, ho, ho. And what do you want for Christmas, little girl? For it not to be Christmas. What? Oh, it's snow. Can you make it snow? Oral. What? Santa said oral. Listen, living, listening to Synchronon. Sick and wrong. Yes, you listen to Synchronon. The Sick and Wrong, the world source for antisocial commentary. God, what a bunch of scumbags. Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world source for antisocial commentary. I'm on your host, D. Simon. Hello, I'm the other one, the other host, Kate Rambo. Kate Hello, Rambo. D. I'm uh, yes. heading to San Francisco tomorrow. Oh, that's the uh, the home of Dirty Harry. Dirty Harry and gays. Yeah, I guess the two go hand in hand. It's the home of uh, the Steve McQueen, Bullet. Actually, I don't know if he's from there, but the movie Bullet was filmed there. You know Steve McQueen's a bit of an asshole. I have heard that, actually. I'll, I'll maybe cover him on Overkill one day. He had a very interesting, assholey lifestyle. Well, you know who's also a bit of an asshole? My brother, Me? who's turning 50. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Jeffrey! joking. He can be an asshole at times, but so can everyone. Um, yeah, it's his uh, 50th birthday. He's not very excited about it. In fact, he's actually a bit depressed about it, which I imagine I probably will be when I'm 50 as well. But um, yeah, he's not, he's, you know, he's not uh, having the best time in San Francisco right now. Is um, anyone really? Well, cause, you know, COVID was rough on all bartenders. And he ended up kind of losing a lot of his shifts at the edge. And uh, now he's working at a different bar. Not particularly enthused about this bar because it's mixed. And he was oh, just no. like... <laughs> so <laughs> he might be getting another job at another gay bar. But yeah. Um, but anyway, it's his 50th birthday. And... Uh, yeah, he's not he's not entirely enthusiastic about it. However, he does have a PS5, and I think that gives him uh, some happiness, I suppose. Well, I'm jealous. I would like a PS5. I don't want to pay for a PS5, but I would like one. Well, PS5 for him is a means to get twinks. So, oh, you, know. you want to come play with my PS5, baby? Penis five. Venus five, five. Penis. You, you know what's you know what's funny? We're uh, so my sister. And we'll we'll probably get into this more in the second show. But uh, my sister's been like bending over backwards to try to like make a party for him. She's an event planner. It's in her genetics. I don't know. She's really good at it. I just don't have the patience to. I'm just like and he's being such a such a birthday bitch. He's just like at one point he's like, I don't want a party. I just want to go out to dinner. I was like, great. Let's just go out to dinner. It's easy. And maybe have a drink afterwards. That works. And then uh, his one, his friend called my sister and was like, no, we get, we got to have a party. He's 50. And my sister's like, we have to have a party. He's turning 50. It's such a, a big, big movie. So, or a big uh, birthday celebration. So then she ended up like planning out this whole thing at this bar and all this. And then he found out. He's like, I don't want to hang out with any of these people. And so then it was back to like, let's just have a dinner. But now it's back to a party. So now we're like having dinner. She found this restaurant. And that's the other thing too in San Francisco. First of all, COVID caused a lot of restaurants to close down. But also it's like, I don't fucking even know that city anymore. Man, I've lived down here for like 12 years. And so all the restaurants I used to know are long gone. 
So she was trying to like figure it out. Found a, a Chinese restaurant that might work. And then afterwards, we're going to so we're going for Chinese food, and then we're going to this arcade bar. It's almost like a birthday for a little kid. Oh right, I remember the arcade bars. They were a big thing over here as well. I would go to like I would go to an arcade bar. Why not? It's a really big thing in Seattle. I was surprised. Like I'd say every fifth bar is an arcade bar there. San Francisco, I don't recall there being many arcade bars, but what the fuck do I know? I, don't, I haven't been there in a long time. So we're kind of so we're doing this, and so my sister's like, "Well, we gotta get him a cake." And so we're looking, there's this place that we've always gone to in the past called the Erotic Cake Gallery. And uh, they, they make like, you know, erotic themed cakes. And so I think we got like a big black dick cake at one point. Well, they've gone through like a change of ownership. So they won't do like the 3D style cake. So initially we went right. to them because we wanted like a goatsy cake where like, you know, just the asshole would have like red, like a red velvet asshole with some chocolate and maybe some like vanilla frosting kind of mixed in, Tasty. like some Santorum. You know, and like the whole pulling out, just like Jeff, you know, on the top. And they're like, oh, we don't do that. We just print, basically print photos. So now what my sister wants to do is she's been like scouring the internet for a picture of Superman fisting Batman. Wait, no, it should, <laughs> right, firstly, get your ducks in a row here, D. It should be Batman fisted Superman because Superman is lame and Batman is better than Superman. Maybe she, she I think she'd go either way. Either way. It's got to be Batman fucking <laughs> Superman. Nobody, nobody in the history of time has ever turned around and said, do you know what? I prefer Superman to Batman. No one. Everyone no, likes Batman. way cooler. Way cooler. Fuck yeah. What yeah is that, so gone. you're saying like a top is cooler than a bottom? Well, Batman's generating the power. He's the power in but the But what if Batman's a power bottom? I don't get power bottom vibe from, not even from Bruce Batman? Wayne gives off power bottom vibe. What about Robin? Robin definitely. <laughs> Actually, no. There's no power. Robin is a twink, and your brother is Batman in this scenario. Well, anyway, she found a picture of like, well, two. One of just Batman, just like full on, like just pounding uh, Superman from behind. And the other picture, and it's kind of animated. It's not like obviously real. It's not like a real porno. <laughs> oh shot. wait, what? It's not real. <laughs> what? Well, no, they they make cosplay gay porn. You know, well, but she didn't take like a That's screenshot. That's the entire point of cosplay. It's for fucking people. But the, to but it's to. it's gonna be animated, is you know, for the for the cake. And so the other one she found was like Batman flying in with like wings and this like really long dick going into Superman's mouth. Like a and, bat like, dick. Superman's like whacking his dick. So I, like I don't the size know. Of that one. I was just kind of like, if you can get them to do that on a cake, I'll pay for it. <laughs> I, mean, I would like sucks to see it. That they're not. They're not doing the art ex expertise of making. Because remember, there was that whole, um, it was like a whole thing that came out where it was like, Cake Wars, 3D Cake Wars. Yeah, it was like, they... how many fucking shows about cakes being made, right? Firstly, I don't like cakes like that. I don't trust them because people have to handle them with their hands so many times. I don't like rolled icing. Yeah, it's I think like, it's all disgusting it's like and terrible. It. But now, like, cake makers are just like, fuck it. Actually, nobody likes these cakes. But even printed cakes are disgusting. I like, think they're fucking gross. Weird. Yeah, I think they're gross. It's like, I don't know. It's, it's unnatural to me. I, I'm not a big cake person, though. I think the idea is it's going to be funny and people are going to take pictures, you know, with the cake. So anyway, on, uh, yeah, Tuesday, it's my brother's official birthday. And uh, he's not even, we're not doing, like, you know, every day a different thing. You know, it's just. 50, 50th birthday, Wackily's going to be there. We're all going out to eat. 
with like four drag queen friends of his, some guy named Gary Tennessee. I don't even know oh, that guy's that name. story. Yep, we don't even know my brother's friends. So it's going to be really funny. I'm guaranteed it's probably going to be like four or five dudes that are like 22 to 23, just all like you know, tweaks. T- yeah, tweaked out. So it, it should be a good. It should be a good time. But you I'd know be surprised if your brother shows up. Oh yeah, I bet you <laughs> he's going to show up probably like three hours late. Um, but you know what's interesting about this time? This time around, it might actually be my last time in the Tenderloin because my sister is moving out of the loin after oh, twenty years, two decades. She's she's lived in the same place since like two thousand one. She's got a rent controlled place. She pays very little for for that city, and they're giving it up because they have a kid, and they want to first of all move into a bigger spot, but also she's she just doesn't want to deal with uh the tenderloin with her baby anymore because you know it's it's become so much worse than it was even when i lived there like 10 years ago 11 years ago it was bad then i mean i remember people could listen to the old episodes of the podcast you could hear people getting shot and crackhead screaming at each other but now it's like infinitely worse yeah it's oh, well, it's gotten really bad well it's gotten so bad that uh the mayor uh, London Breed, she's the mayor of San Francisco, declared a state of emergency in the Tenderloin today. You know what they should just do, the Tenderloin? We've been talking about this. Both me and you have like many different variations on what they should do. They should just build a fucking wall around the Tenderloin and forget about it. You can't, though. Yes, you can. You you can't. Yes, you can. Yes, no, you because can. that's, that's kind of what... No, you can't. Like, physically, you can't in that city. A, because it's fucking earthquakes and shit like that. But B, it's too small of a city. Like, L.A., they take their urban blight, shove it off in Skid Row, like south of downtown. No one's ever... We never go there. There's no reason to go there. There's nothing over there. And so you just don't see it. So it's kind of like an out of sight, out of mind. San Francisco is such a small city that... I mean, I guess you could put a wall around two blocks, but but the thing is, like, normal people, not normal people, but people that work at, like, tech companies have to live in those apartments because their apartments are still, like, $3,000 for one bedroom. You take you walk those out. people out. You, give, you just give the tenderloin to the, to the crackheads. But there's not enough space. Them. That's what I'm saying. They can't do that. You can in L.A. because L.A. is massive, but San Francisco is a small 7 by 7 city. So I think you'd have to take the homeless and either put them in Oakland Put them on Angel Island, but this is what Angel, uh, Angel Island. London Breed wants to do. She declared a state of emergency in the Tenderloin, and uh, this will basically allow the city to avoid bureaucratic red tape in addressing a drug overdose crisis and acts of violence and crime in that neighborhood. And so now the city basically is a police state now. So now the SFPD, who have been ignoring everything that's happened in the Tenderloin, like they, when I was there last time. I was hanging outside my old building they used to live in, waiting for uh, to hang out with JoJo. And I'm just sitting there waiting. There were dudes just like openly dealing drugs, just dealing pills and, and you know, probably bags of speed or whatever, not even caring, like not even trying to conceal it or hide it or do anything. They're just like, here you go, here you go, this line of crackheads, just, you know, basically just like, it's as, as if you were at Baskin Robbins. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. I was like, wow, they're so brazen about it. It's because cops don't give a shit anymore. They really They've got better don't. things to do. I don't know if they have better things to do. I think they just realize it's futile because you arrest these people and then they're out. Like, well, that's next, what I mean. They've got better hours. things to do. Like, fuck George. This is all them George W. Bush's uh, 
Junior's second's fault. There is no war on drugs. You can't win a war on drugs. It's kind of pointless. I'm kind of with you um, with Dirty Harry here. Go out and catch London like the Green. real criminals. Well, if no. these people want to take drugs and fucking kill themselves, who gives a shit? Well, that's what I wonder about. But I think the problem in the city is you have a lot of... Uh you know, homeless advocates and things like that. And so now they're like, so the police are going to crack down on the homeless and, you know, it's 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 just going to cause more problems because they feel like it's going to be basically just perpetuating institutional racism because it's going to be black people and brown people are going to suffer more than white people. But the fact of the matter is, it's, it is skewed towards, I mean, most black people are dying of these overdoses and it's bad now. It's all fentanyl too. Last year, 712 people in San Francisco died of uh, overdoses from drugs compared to 257 who died from COVID. So, oh, shit. So yeah, the real pandemic is the drugs, kids. They're losing two people a day to o- ODs, mostly to fentanyl and, and mostly in the tenderloin. And so they claim it's a public health emergency demanding a crisis level response. And so now she's taking a tough love approach to the tenderloin. That's going to be more officers on the street, giving them greater access to real-time surveillance, and in their own words, less tolerant of all the bullshit that's destroyed our city. That's what she said. Yeah, I'd like to see this happen. This is all like, you know, whenever the politicians come out before the cameras and they're like, oh, I'm deeply concerned about what's going on with our ne'er-do-wells, with all our vagabonds. Are you fuck? Are you fuck? She's saying this to save face. Is anything going to change? No. Well, something has to change because it's become lawless. My sister was telling me, um, and we'll probably talk to her on uh, when we have her on the show. Um, she was telling me last Sunday, 2 p.m., she was walking to go get her car, and she parks kind of like, right, like two blocks up from the street from her, like on Geary and Larkin. She was walking to go get her car, broad daylight. Some guy was like, help me. And she turned around. This dude was shot in the stomach, just laying on the uh, like in, in the garage of a hotel that's on the corner over there. And she didn't know what to do at first. She kind of walked over. She's like, "Me?" And, she's, and the guy's like, "Help me!" And she walks over, and the dude's just covered in blood, shot in the stomach, just bleeding out. You know and- what I would have done? Got my phone out, started filming, put it on the TikToks. Gone viral, mate. <laughs> Maybe do a selfie. No, she yeah. didn't know what to do. And so she was like sitting there like, what the fuck do I do? And so she she called 911 and then some other guy walked by. And this is kind of my technique. I'm not going to touch some dude bleeding out, but I'll wait till a good Samaritan, a person who actually is a compassionate individual that gives a shit about other people will come by. And this guy like, you know, took his jacket off and was like staunching the blood. You know, all the guys. Was... No, I would. No, I would never do that. Would I'm, you I'm your jacket? not a type person. I, I'd be like, sir, sir, do you have any blood diseases that I should know about before I take off my jacket? I'm my not going to ruin my jacket. That's probably taken me 10 years to find and help you out. Do sir? you know how hard it is to find a leather jacket, a vintage leather jacket that fits well? My God, right. My advice to anyone is if you find a vintage leather jacket that fits you perfectly, it doesn't matter the cost, buy it in that moment, hard it up. Yeah. Hard it. Well, this guy like takes his sweater off or jacket or whatever and is like staunching the blood and like sitting there. The guy's bleeding out. My sister calls 911. And sure enough, like, yeah, an ambulance shows up, a cop show up. And she said when she left, or she left and ended up, you know, going, like, running her errands or whatever. When she came back and she was walking back, she just saw like a cloth, like a blanket over the guy's face. So the dude must have died around the sidewalk. Being the shot in the stomach as well. You know, you just, you've got no hope. Yeah, you're, you're definitely uh, probably going to die. Odds are. But, but I mean, that's the thing. It's like, it's not like this is just happening at night. 
you know, this, I mean, this guy probably might have been a drug dealer. Who knows? Who knows the background or backstory on this guy? But the fact of the matter is, tenderloin, gnarly. And so my sister's uh, moving out. And uh, so this is going to be kind of like the last hurrah on the loin. It's going to be weird. Oh, your like last, when I, last loin party. Well, I mean, I guess I can go visit my brother. I don't go to his place. His place is, I haven't been to his apartment in years. It's so well, gross. we all know that the COVID <laughs> actually started in Jeffrey's apartment. <laughs> I think uh, the COVIDs did. It's like a combination of the two. <laughs> but anyway, um, one thing I was wondering what's going to happen. So I wonder if it's just like going to be all undercover cops or if it's going to be like a full-on police state. And what are they going to do to the homeless guys? And what's going to happen to the midget prostitute? Is she going to be arrested? What's going to happen to Crackhead Santa? That guy was one of my favorites. I haven't seen him in years, but there is a guy, a black guy, they used to walk around, shirt, no shirt on, but like a Santa jacket and like a gross Santa hat that I would say is more brown than red. And he would like walk up and be like, ho, 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 and like come up to you, like asking for money. You know what that reminds me of? That reminds me of Dan Aykroyd in Trading Places. You know, at the end when he's on the bus yeah, and he's we, like eating fish. <laughs> he's just like, he just looks like a homeless guy. I mean, this guy, yeah, was definitely a crackhead. I don't know where he probably, maybe he stole the outfit. Maybe he was a Santa at one time. You know, but regardless, he was a crackhead Santa. And I wonder what they're going to do to him. Like, is crackhead Santa like I I just really I'm very curious how they're going to make any kind of a difference in the loin. I don't think they will. Well, even Dirty Harry couldn't clean up the loin at this point. It's it's just build a wall around it, man. Build a metaphorical wall and get on with your life. Anyway, um. I'm going to try to shift the focus here into talking about Santa. Are we um, segueing into Santa now? We're segueing we into Santa, Santa, which is the <laughs> the point of the intro of the show here. Um, yeah, I don't think Santa was originally based on a crackhead that lived in the Tenderloin. But Wait, it, just a just a quick question. So, your brother who's turning fifty is he now entering his Santa years in gay man terms, where he'll start looking more and more like Santa? Won't the twinks like that? No, my brother's Can he entering, not pull that off? My brother's entering his Krampus years. <laughs> he's going to look more and more like a troll each passing year. Well, he's year. Definitely, definitely in his cranky years. <laughs> but anyway, um, Crackhead Santa, I think, looks more like the traditional Santa that of, like, you know, vintage lore. Like, in the 19th century, you know, um, 18th century, Santa was kind of like this sort of, like, evil elf type guy like if you look at the old vintage photos and i'll post a few to the site he was kind of scary looking i mean he's very thin he had long hair he was like like kind of like this this not demonic creature but a malevolent looking creature and yeah saint nicholas i can get behind like that exactly it's you know the cherubic santa claus and like the you know the red outfit wasn't that didn't come around till later didn't coca-cola invent that you know, that's that's the urban legend. I don't know if they completely invented it, but, you know, the Father Christmas in his big red outfit with a big white beard made his first appearance in those early 20th century ads, like around 19, I don't know, late 20, like 1920s, 1930s. And that's kind of like, you know, when, uh, uh, you know, they, they kind of came up with this like whimsical character with the, with the, with the big belly and the rosy cheeks. And, uh, you know, people like still... You know, they, uh, they they still think, like, in popular culture, 
that's how they depict Santa. That's how we depict Santa. That's what Santa looks like on every card. But before all that, before these illustrations by Haddon Sundblom, that's who the illustrator that came up with that um, beloved Santa caricature, he was depicted as like kind of a gnome-like elvish creature. Very skinny, you know, tall, diminutive, and kind of scary. You know, he yeah, wasn't like wearing that. like a red outfit. He was wearing usually like a brown type of suit, and he'd have a sack. And he hung out with this like demonic creature in some in some areas of Europe, Krampus, like in Eastern Europe. There was Santa, and there was Krampus, and the two and two, you know, the the two were like you know Turner and Hooch, like a bromance. It um. I don't know how like how old in Eastern Europe folklore this is, but Santa used to have like the skull. His head was a skull of a goat. That's like the old, very old. See, like, that's probably pagan. like the Germanic, you know, origins yeah. of it. Which Santa does have. There is a Santa type character, kind of based on Wotan and and Odin in uh, Norse folklore that probably nice. did that that rode around that flew around on a demonic horse. I love it. Gonna, that's my yeah. people. Um, but the question is, is like you, you look at it. So Santa, you know, for centuries kind of looked like this, this evil creature. But then, you know, and then, you know, 1930s, they made him into this like, you know, cherubic kind of uh, fun, jovial looking fat guy. Wearing you know what the kids call outfit. it today? He reinvented himself. He had a glow up. That's what a happened to Santa up. in the 1930s. He had a glow up. But where did they get the outfit? Why was he wearing this red outfit with the buckles in the, the white trim like why why where did they where did that come from the red well obviously red is the color of the blood of your enemies <laughs> yeah so, i don't know what this um i can't really remember what the semiotics behind the color red is but obviously it's the color of passion so you could be saying that santa fucks he's oh, coming to your possibly. house and he's fucking well, he fucks Mrs. Claus. But, oh, the, yeah. but that outfit, you know, the outfit that is part of the caricature, the iconic red, you know, with the, the, the buttons and the buckles and all that. There's, there's an origin story to this. A lot of uh, some historians think it's a complete hoax, utter bullshit. Other people say that there's, there's kernels of truth to this. Oh, my God. But, is it Nazis? Is it to do with the Nazis? Please no, tell me it's to do with the Nazis. It has to do with Siberian shamanism. Oh, that's a bit, I would rather it be about the Nazis. And the okay. use of Amanita muscaria, which is a red and white spotty hallucinogenic mushroom in their shamanic practices. Oh, that's like when you, right. So when you imagine like a Disney mushroom or a cartoon mushroom. Good that's fairy mushroom tale mushroom. It's that one. But that mushroom has like really intense hallucinogenic properties. And um, the image of Santa Claus you know, can be traced back to paganism, Nordic mythology, and uh, the the and the shamans from like uh, you know the Arctic region um, and areas of Finland and uh, and Scandinavian countries. So the period, just historically, around the end of December, has always been one of celebration, uh, mostly due to the, the winter solstice. So the lives of ancient people were controlled by the seasons and harvest cycles, and winter was rough. Especially like in you know Eastern Europe and uh, Germany and Scandinavia, I mean, you know, celebration was needed to keep the spirits high. Um, so the harvest would have been done, you know, during the autumn. Cattle would have been slaughtered; so they wouldn't have to be fed during the winter. Um, majority of wine and beer was made during the year, is fermented and ready to be drank, you know, for the winter solstice celebrations. So there was a lot of food, and so it was like these huge banquets. You know, the Vikings had uh, the midwinter midwinter festival Yule. 
uh, which cur- occurred in the Nordic countries around uh, 21st December. Um, there's the Jola Blot, which is the Yule sacrifice, which happened on the 12th of January. So it was a big, Man, huge party. Uh, sacrifice of a virgin or sacrifice of an animal? Maybe both. I'm not sure. They definitely did a sacrifice to the gods. There was feasting, banqueting, games, drinking, fighting, songs. Shagging. Sacrifice. Definitely shagging. Uh, Romans had Saturnalia, ancient festival in honor of the god Saturn, held on the 17th of December through the 23rd. Do you know what they did during Saturnalia? This is a they nice also had a sacrifice. Here. Well, what they would do, Dee, <laughs> this is one of the actual, this is a, one of my origin story of why I started to give up Christmas. The Romans would keep all their Jews kind of like in a ghetto, uh, yeah. a ghetto before Elvis ever sang about the ghetto all year long. And then around this time, there would be a week-long celebration for their Christmas, their pagan Christmas, Saturnalis. They would make the Jews basically do running man for, for, for a week. <laughs> running they of the make, Jews. The running of the Jews. And yeah. by the end of Saturnalis, all the Jews that they had rounded up for a year and kept Just in this ghetto-like sure. thing, all dead. <laughs> and that was their Christmas. And they would be shagging, feasting, just to ha- it would be like the gayest old time you ever had. Gay in that general that Roman ruckus. That's what it was. Rampant buggery, yes. I'm sure. So Christmas is based on that. Is based on the killing of the Jews. Well, for the Romans, <laughs> essentially. Yeah. But actually, yeah. I bet you, like throughout all cultures, it's like <laughs> if they're gonna kill someone, guarantee it's gonna be the Jews. <laughs> you so, guys just let it happen. Why you let it happen? All right. Look. Look at the Bible. Um. The significance of mistletoe and holly around Christmas time also goes back thousands of years. Uh, Yeah, an author named Peter Haining wrote a book called Superstitions. He said mistletoe is revered by the ancient Greeks as sacred. And superstition had it that um, it was so lucky to be kissed under it because the plant offended the old gods. So, So whoever looked at it was condemned to kissing a pretty girl. So if a girl happened to be be underneath it... it what if you don't have a pretty girl near you? What if you? I think it was just an excuse one? to rape a woman. Personally, it's like <laughs> she's walking by, and it's like you're under the mistletoe, rape. I think that's just kind of how it worked. It's like a 1930s joke where you're like, "I must kiss you now." And you're like, "I don't want to." And it's like, "No, them's the rules, mistletoe. honey." Yeah. Yeah, I think rapists just carried it around like in their back pocket. <laughs> um, in many pre-Christian cultures, holly was associated with the god of winter. Even the ancient Druids would wear sprigs of holly in their hair. Pretty. Um, yeah, and they would cut sprigs of mistletoe from the branches of oak trees. And according to the Anglo-Saxons, your people here, kissing under, well, actually, you're not. You're Nordic. But do, I'm do you think you have Anglo? You have, you have Anglo, probably. I have Anglo. Oh, oh yeah. I'm true half and half. I'm like, um, my dad's side is all Nordic, and my mom's side is like Irish Anglo. So, yeah. And French and Indian. <laughs> Um, according to the Anglo-Saxons, kissing under the mistletoe is connected to the legend of Freya, the goddess of love and fertility. Sexy. So um, legend has it a man had to kiss any young girl who, without realizing it, found herself accidentally under a sprig of mistletoe hanging from the ceiling. Once again, mm. a bit rapey. It is a bit rapey. If you're a younger, if, if that was my daughter in those times, I'd be like, you must look up at the ceiling and be aware of Uncle Mitch. Don't go near him. <laughs> Uncle Harvey Weinstein. Um, <laughs> the origins of Christmas caroling are also hundreds of years old, stemming from the medieval tradition of 
wassailing, which is from the Anglo-Saxon wassail. We are sailing. <laughs> we were sailing. You know the song Sailing Away by Christopher Cross? It's about that. I honestly thought you were going to say, you know the song Sail Away. Actually, no, sail wait. Away, sailing, sail, sail Away. By that Enya. Sticks. Isn't that an but, Enya yeah, all about It's all about Christmas caroling. Um, so it was around the year 280 AD that the figure of St. Nicholas, fourth century Greek bishop and gift giver of a Christian community in the ancient town of Myra, began to emerge. So it's, a, I mean, the legend of, of Santa Claus has been around for a long time, the mythology. And obviously it's evolved over time, especially culturally. Um, but but St. Nicholas uh, was brought up in a wealthy family. He lost both of his parents as a young man. He used his inheritance to uh, help the poor and the sick. He's a very help, you know, uh, a very selfless man. Um, he famously, famously is said to have helped the poor father of three marriageable daughters who couldn't afford dowries. So to save them from a life of prostitution, which was what would happen to unmarried women who, uh, couldn't, whose father couldn't afford a dowry, he dropped three sacks of gold down the father's chimney late one night, making him the patron saint of prostitutes. So there you go. Santa is based on the patron saint of prosties. I can get I can get behind that. Good on you, Santa. He should yeah. be that emblem. He he should. He should just instead of having like a bunch of reindeers, you just have a bunch of hookers. Like a bunch of crack oh, that... hoes just pulling the sleigh around. I'd be <laughs> this into is very that. sexy. <laughs> but now let's get to the mushroom part. So we're talking about the mushrooms here. You know, they say his outfit's based on mushrooms. And this keep in mind. Scholars completely dispute this, but people like Joe Rogan and psychedelic, uh, you know, psychonauts tend to say like, oh, no, it's all based on the psychedelic mushroom, man. Everything is its origin in psilocybin. But you know what? I don't know. I think there might be some credence to this. So now magic mushrooms, psilocybin, has been used for spiritual and recreational purposes I mean, for thousands of years, they even documented usage 9000 BC in North African uh, indigenous cultures, like based on representations of mushrooms and tribesmen and rock paintings. I mean, yeah, all the Mayans and sense. all that were getting off their nut on yeah, mushrooms. For sure. I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't know what the Somebody Mayans had... and like the Aztecs were using, but it probably was some form of mushroom. Yeah, they were licking toads and taking mushrooms. Look, somebody had to eat the first mushroom and die from it. And somebody had to eat the first mushroom and get high from it as well. So it's Taylor's Definitely. I mean, there's uh, depictions of uh, mushrooms in, in uh, Spain, in caves in Spain that date back six to eight thousand, you know, thousand years. I mean, it's it's been around for a long time, generations. People have been using mushrooms. Um, but a recent molecular study proposed that Amanita muscaria had ancestral origins in the Siberian Beringian region during the tertiary period, which is 65 million to 2.58 million years ago. And that's before okay. it spread out across Asia, Europe, and North America. So maybe this all had, maybe Christmas and the myth of Christmas all started in the Siberian region. And maybe that's where the original North Pole is. So the other term for uh, for Amanita muscaria is fly agaric, which is a, that red mushroom with the white spots that you see in every fairy tale illustration. The Disney, in Disney movie. The Disney yeah. mushroom. Seriously toxic mushroom, but they become less lethal when dried out. Uh, conveniently, they grow under pine trees because the spores of pine trees travel. The spores of those mushrooms travel on pine seeds. Um, so Siberian shamans, you know 
it's still to this day, actually, you know, like um, uh, different Siberian tribes, they dress to resemble that of the Amanita muscaria. Now, this is also disputed, but you can see pictures of them wearing these like red and white outfits, sometimes even, even with like white fur-lined hats. Um, and according to some sources, female shamans usually wore red and white um, costumes with uh, trimmed with white fur, black boots, and felt red hats. Mrs. Claus, sexy. To this day, Siberian mushroom gatherers go out in ceremonial red and white outfits to honor the color of the mushrooms that they pick. So they kind of worshipped this magic mushroom, in a sense. I don't know. Is, is it worship or is it just tradition? Is it like how people are like, you know, when your football games on the telly, you'll wear your lucky football shirt and shit like that. Is it not just them just putting on a bit of a, this is a special day. It's a bit different to the others. So I'm going to put on my special fur outfit. Well, this is what they say. The, on the night of the winter solstice, a Koryak shaman, there's different tribes there. Koryak was one of them. I would gather several hallucinogenic mushrooms, the Amanita muscaria, um, and then launch himself into a spiritual journey to the tree of life, which is a large pine tree, which lived by the North Star and held the answer to all the village's problems from the previous year. They, they call this nowadays getting turned. <laughs> That's what they do. <laughs> now, the term shaman, actually, shaman, or shaman, originates in Russia. It's a Tunjusic term. Shaman is translated as one who knows. And it could be, you know, a medicine man, a sorcerer, a magician. As far as we know, uh, shamanism etymology is particularly religious rituals in Siberian Central Asia, which lines up with the Santa Claus myth. Because that's where he's from, you know, the North Pole. In fact, people say his red and white suit mimics the Amanita mushroom, which was worn by the Siberian shamans. I'm I'm behind all of this. Yeah, why not? Furthermore, the Siberian shamans uh, forged a close relationship with reindeer spirits, which accounted (laughs) for the magical flight that Santa makes every year. I just thought you were going to leave it at reindeer then, and my brain went instantly to bestiality. What, you think that you think the shamans were just fucking reindeers? I thought you were going to say they <laughs> they formed a close relationship with reindeer, and then what? What? Where'd you leave me to think? I'm just thinking that what they're fucking the reindeer. I like how the first thing you think was like, oh, they had a relationship. It's like obviously he's like they're sodomizing reindeer. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, they might have one as a pet. <laughs> I have a fucking I don't you know fucking butt rate my cat. Well, your cat is jizzing everywhere. Yeah, we How have do a we relationship. Know that you don't have a very special relationship. <laughs> Keep in mind, the North Pole lies in the Arctic Ocean, which buffers against the East Siberian Sea. So, so this co- is all like where the Sami people are from, too. Exactly. We're going to yeah. get to them in a second. So, according to Professor John Rush, author of Mushrooms in Christian Art, He's a professor of anthropology at Sierra College in Rockland, California. He says Santa's a modern counterpart of a shaman who consumed mind-altering plants and fungi to commune with the spirit world. As the story goes, up until a few hundred years ago, these practicing shamans or priests connected to the older traditions would actually collect the holy mushroom, Amanita muscaria, dry them, and give them out as gifts on the winter solstice. I could get behind this Christmas. This is the Christmas I want. Exactly. I want this Christmas. Tripping your balls off. So the shaman would collect the mushrooms, which would go under the pine trees in a large sack and would often use an opening in the roof to deliver gifts because there's so much snow that would block the front door. They had to climb up and go through the chimney. Like Pingu. 
Okay, I'm, I'm behind all of That's this. what I'm saying. They lived in yurts, so this red and white clad shaman would have to climb down the chimney to deliver the presents in a sack. And what's interesting, even as uh, late as the Victorian times in England, the traditional symbol of a chimney sweep was a fly agaric mushroom. And if you look at a lot of Christmas cards, or like vintage Christmas cards, I'm going to post some on the site, showed tr- chimney sweeps with these fly agaric mushrooms. For no for some inexplicable reason, like I've a, I found a, I found a, a card that just showed a bunch of chimney sweeps just sitting on one of those red and white mushrooms. I reckon that you modeled your British accent off Dick Van Dyke as the chimney sweep in Mary Poppins. What American didn't? Hello, Governor <laughs> Chim Chimney. <laughs> of course, and then later I found the young one, so it's like I was trying to do Vivian. Um. So once the shaman had done the rounds of delivering the mushrooms, the villagers would then string the mushrooms up to dry them or put them in little bags that looked like socks hung in front of the fire to dry. So cute. Like little little stockings. Little stockings. And then you think, why do people bring pine trees into their house at the winter solstice? Which is a tradition we still do. That's a Victorian tradition, you know. Queen Victoria kicked yeah, but the that pagans, off. Well, the pagans worshipped the, the pine trees. But yeah, it was a Victorian tradition to do it. But what's interesting is uh, oftentimes they place like, you know, red and white packages under the, bo- and, under the bows. Or they used to even hang mushrooms, like the red and white mushrooms, as ornaments on the tree. Do you want a, a royal palace fact? So yeah, Queen Victoria, who was super into Christmas trees because of um, obviously Prince Albert and his German heritage, He'd brought it over and she was she was bang into it. She was like, yes, I want all the trees. I want them all in the palace. She would hang them upside down from the ceiling in like the grand hall. Wait, so hang it, the trees know, When they had their down? big Christmas day feast, there would be at least six fully decorated Christmas trees hung upside down from the ceiling. Wouldn't that be amazing to see? That is kind of cool. You know, there's a bar in San Francisco called Aunt Charlie's, which is a drag bar like deep in the loin. They do that on Christmas. It's all their decorations are hanging from the ceiling. Yeah. It's, it, it's really Victorian. bizarre. It's cool, though. Like, you walk in there, and you kind of have to walk around the tree because it's all hanging down. Amazing. I, you know, I might try to, if, I might try to uh, roll by there when I'm, when I'm there this week. I'll see if my brother wants to go there. Celebrate his 50th in Aunt Charlie's. Um, but, yeah, so anyway, you, know, you bring in these pine trees into your home, and underneath you're putting these red and white gifts. You're hanging red and white baubles. Um, many parts of Northern Europe, they decorate the Christmas tree with ornaments and mushrooms. So I think it's all kind of making sense now. It's all coming together. This is how Joe Rogan feels when he's recording his podcast. I can actually feel my brain opening and being enlightened and expanded. It's like you're you're squeegeeing the third eye, as Bill Hicks would say. According to Carl Ruck, a professor at Boston University, he said reindeer are the spirit animals of the shaman. Not that they're fucking them. They're animals that they respect, okay? Have close relationships with. And many indigenous people of Norway, Sweden, and Finland and parts of Russia have a close relationship with the animal. Not fucking them. Maybe some do. They're just, they're just friends. Maybe some heard, do. I've never tried reindeer, but I've, I've heard from like all my Scandinavian friends that it's the nicest of all the meats. Well, as you said before, the Sami, who inhabit... Lapland, northernmost region of Finland, um, which is often said to be the geographical location of Santa Claus and his elves, um, reindeer are an important aspect of their culture. And you know, in Norway and Sweden, reindeer husbandry is legally protected as an exclusive Sami livelihood. So you have to have like, you can only be a person of Sami descent in order to raise reindeer. 
Oh, so Euronymous from Mayhem. He could have gone and like, Yeah, he was a zombie. Reindeer. He could have uh... Instead he got uh, stabbed by Varg. Varg wanted his reindeer. Um <laughs> now research has shown that reindeer have a fondness for Amanita muscaria. Reindeer like to trip balls. Reindeer like to get turned. I like it. The deputy ed- editor of the uh, pharmaceutical journal here, Andrew Haynes, wrote in 2010 that uh, reindeer deliberately would seek out red and white spotted mushrooms in their habitats because they desire to experience an altered state of consciousness. Um, maybe this is because just to escape the monotony of the dreary long winter. <laughs> Being they, a reindeer. Yeah, but you know they what, like um, to get fucked up. You know what other animal likes to get fucked up? Likes to tune in and turn on and get high. Elephants seek out weed, and when they find weed, they just go to town and they get stoned as fuck. Elephants also seek out beer. You heard about that? Elef- and- yeah, elephants like to have fucking party, man. Imagine like a drunk, stoned elephant. Well, you He'd read be playing about- Wonderwall on his guitar with his trunk. <laughs> you read about that in India. It's like uh, elephants will just like go into a village, drink all the beer, and just destroy everything. <laughs> Trample all the people, knock their little shanty houses down. Because they're drunk the and, you know, he's looking for the takeaway. He just needs a kebab. They're like British tourists. <laughs> they are. <laughs> in Mallorca. Um, shamans and herdsmen often drink reindeer urine to experience the high of the mushroom. So apparently, right. well, they say that's where the term get piss, get, get piss comes from. Right, Governor, we're gonna get some reindeer piss tonight. But it's true, the Sami would feed the reindeer hallucinogenic mushrooms, which the deer would eat. And because they were going through their system, their digestive system would filter out most of the toxins. So it would make their urine safe for humans to drink and give them a safer high. So they would collect the urine, boil it up in a pot, and share it around in mugs, and everybody would get fucked up. I want to see Joe Rogan drink this piss. I want to Reindeer see Joe piss? Rogan drink piss. Well, the mushrooms stimulate the muscular system so strongly that they say those who eat the mushrooms kind of get like a superhuman strength. I think that's debatable. But I don't know. I mean, it's a very powerful hallucinogen that's in the Amanita muscaria. But animals are also affected by this. It's almost like a an adrenaline-type fight-or-flight response. So the reindeer would literally become high AF and they would prance around and jump really high that looked kind of like they were flying, like they were jumping off of trees, ricocheting, jumping around. And then at the same time, the humans who were drinking their piss would also be high. So it looked <laughs> like the reindeer were flying through space. I am not, like obviously they don't have like, you know, the Sami daily news. Nobody's putting out a daily newspaper publication there. How many deaths do you think occurred during this reindeer human high as fuck party? Because there will have been some. Well, especially there, yeah, they're really fucked up and then like, I want to ride that reindeer. They'd have been like, oh, uh, look, Euronymous uh, is dead over there. He's drank too much piss and that reindeer barrel rolled into Just him. Just like, oh, happens. Bitter. Legend had it that the shaman and the reindeer would fly to the North Star, which sits directly over the North Pole, to retrieve the gifts of knowledge. And then they would come back and distribute that to the rest of the village. Now, one historian who definitely is a dissenter here, Ronald Hutton, he said that the theory of a mushroom Santa connection is completely flawed. You look at the evidence of Siberian shamanism, uh, which he's done, you find that shamans didn't travel by sleigh, they didn't usually deal with reindeer spirits, and they very rarely took mushrooms to get trances. And very only a rarely. few of them wore red and white clothing. 
Yet John Rush, who um, who we were previously talking about, the professor at Boston University, completely disagrees. I mean, he said shamans did actually deal with reindeer spirits, worshipped reindeer spirits, had had close bonds with reindeer, and the ingestion of mushrooms is well documented amongst uh, the Siberian tribes. Why don't these two white guys just go and ask the Sami? Why don't they just drink some reindeer piss and fight it out? And see what happens. I would much rather see these two white guys do that on Joe Rogan's podcast. Siberian shamans did wear red deer pelts, but obviously, you know, the coloring of Santa's garb is meant to mirror the coloring of those mushrooms. But the sleighs, he said, was not a, not a mode of travel, but the trip was like involving transportation to a different realm. So it's kind of like a metaphor. Or and don't they have sleds, else. which are like... Yeah, they have sleds, know. which are similar to sleighs. You yeah, know? same kind of basic vehicle type. Is it a vehicle? Is a sled and a sleigh a vehicle? They're vehicles. Well, it's not as... Well, yeah, more or less. I they mean, are. you travel in them. Um, so a lot of the, the people who disagree with this whole Santa Claus is a magic mushroom theory um, also refer to another theory that's been debunked many times. Um, it, the holy mushroom hypothesis. So a man in 1970, John Allegro, a Dead Sea Scrolls scholar, published a book called The Sacred Mushroom and the Cross. And he claimed that Christianity's origin has to do with a tremendously powerful magic, magic fertility cult. They used a mushroom called Christ Crucified. And so I'm behind this theory. I'm, Jesus I'm and his followers aren't literally walking mushrooms, but priests who use the, the various divine plants to heal and anoint the sick with them and cast out demons or various illnesses under the, you know, the spell of this powerful hallucinogen. All makes sense. That's how Jesus was like, hey, guys, you want to watch me turn water into wine? And everyone was like, don't, don't be silly. And he's like, no, no, take this. If you're and tripping before your, you know it. You're tripping your balls off. I'd be like, yeah, this reindeer piss is the best wine I've ever had. Yeah, you know? dude, do it again. <laughs> According to Allegro here, the sacred mushroom is the manna that fell from heaven and fed the Israelites in the desert. That's his theory. It's also the sacrament, the body and blood of Christ. So by, by, by that definition, Christ is a mushroom. I, I believe this. It also explains that, you know, they all believe in a Holy Ghost. So the Holy Ghost is just whoever you see while you're tripping. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, when I was uh, doing research on this, just kind of fun, the holy mushroom hypothesis, there's all these like Christian journals that are just like railing against this theory, trying to debunk it and prove why it's wrong. Well, of course, they don't want to worship a mushroom. But you know what? I'm much more into the pagan idea, and I would rather worship a mushroom, something which is like real and tangible and grows on this earth. And like fungi and fungus is some of the oldest shit on this planet. I would rather worship that than a fake fucking man. Than some guy. <laughs> Wouldn't you? Yeah, than some fucking dead. guy in a book. I would rather worship the mushroom, mate. Plus, I just think the takeaway from this show is that when you're arguing with your parents over Christmas dinner, just be like, Jesus is a fucking mushroom. Man. You can trip balls if you eat Jesus. Um, you know, Jack Herrera, you, you ever smoked that strain of weed? They actually named a strain of weed after this guy. I don't think we have the Jack in a. The they UK. definitely do in Amsterdam. They do in yeah. Amsterdam. Uh, it's a, it's a pretty strong. It's like a. I think it's sativa. Um, pales in comparison to the weed that I bought this afternoon. Wedding cake. Oh, um, anyway, Jack Herrera, a hemp activist and author of The Emperor Wears No Clothes, 
He claims Santa Claus was a magic mushroom himself and that Amanita Muscaria and the, the entire image of Santa was inspired by the red and white spotted fungi. He says, you know, Santa might not have literally been a magic mushroom, but you could argue that it had an influence on creating the character as well as a lot of, uh, you know, modern day Christian rituals. You know, I mean, yeah. you, you look at that. It, it's interesting, too, because a lot of these traditions. So maybe it started in Siberia with the, you know, the, the different Siberian shamans um, and, you know, that area of the world, you know, didn't maybe didn't, didn't cause, call the character Santa Claus. But as the, you know, the mythology sort of drifted, I guess, west, like through Germany and uh, Norway and eventually even Great Britain, um, you know, these traditions kind of uh, were carried on, even by the ancient Druids who had uh, spiritual practices that had taken on elements that originated, you know, from North cultures. And cultures, you know, they influence each other. You know, migration, That's intermarriage, and things like that. And so once, and the stories obviously become like, you know, heterogeneous and mixed with different different other myths. So like, you know, Wotan, most powerful uh, Germanic god, and Odin, his Nordic uh, counterpart, they would go on a midnight winter solstice ride, chased by devils on an eight-legged horse that could fly. You know, and they were jerking each other the whole time. Possibly in your in, in in your fantasies, they're fucking reindeer, <laughs> and Odin and and uh, Wotan, who are the same people, the same deity, were just whacking each other off like they're full on sixty nine on the back of this eight legged horse. Um, I said, I said jerking. You're the one who's turning it into a 69. You're way worse than me. I'm just expanding um, your thought process. Well, do you know what? That's what cultures do. To survive, if you're a culture, you've got to mix and meld. It's We're all one great, great big melting pot. I have a real problem with people who say like, oh, it's cultural appropriation. You can't wear a bindi. It's like, yeah, no, y- you can. Like, fuck all that shit. This is exactly what it means to survive as a culture and to like change history this totally agree white guys can have dreadlocks it's not a problem (laughs) it's completely normal and we're not appropriating it's just a cool hairstyle i'm adding my own twist to them everyone could do whatever they want but no one can have white (laughs) white men could not have dreadlocks not even you oh they're terrible yeah terrible i definitely regret it i'm amazed i didn't lose my hair anyway so meanwhile you got you got odin flying around his eight-legged horse and they say, if you look at uh, Nordic lore, the exertion of this chase would make flecks of red and white blood and foam fall from the horse's mouth to the ground. Guess what would uh, would spring up the next year? Mushrooms. Armanita mushrooms would appear. So apparently over time, the European story of the horse with eight legs uh, united with the ancient Arctic circle story of reindeer prancing and flying around. What did it become? Reindeer. Sienna. Reindeer flying around, pulling a fat guy. And then you had the, uh, you know, the New World. You know, the early English settlers that uh, came to the United States, um, they were influenced by uh, Dutch uh, immigrants who had traditions involving, you know, St. Nicholas, who they called Sinterklaas. Oh, my goodness. Are we really going to talk about cultural appropriation? Are we going to talk about what the Dutch do for Christmas? Um, (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, I mean, they have their own traditions, obviously. Well, um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, that's the thing. It's like, so as you can see, you know, Santa, or the concept of Santa germinated through cultures. 
But maybe it all came from the origin is this mushroom. You know? I'm I'm woke to it now, D. This is me. I want to get this uh this book about Jesus being a mushroom. I'll read that in an afternoon. Personally, I say we regress back to these shamanic traditions. Imagine how much more interesting Christmas with the in-laws would be if everyone was off their fucking tits on magic mushroom reindeer piss. I'm into it. I want this to happen. It might actually be a tolerable holiday. (laughs) You because you think about it, it's like every time you do these, you you always hear about this. But also, I mean, I've I've had to do this with with exes when I had to go spend fucking Christmas at their at their house with their parents and their extended family. You always end up taking a walk with cool uncle or go taking a walk around the block with the cool cousins, and you're just like smoking weed because you're just trying to deal with it. Yeah. Well. Because I don't celebrate Christmas. Do you know what I'm going to do this year for Christmas? Drink some magic mushroom reindeer piss? Fuck yeah, that's my plan now. My number, (laughs) numero uno plan. Well, I'm just saying, I think that should be the new Christmas tradition with the family. Just spike them all. Just put it in their eggnog. They'll have no idea. (laughs) Just, just, I don't know. You know, get some GHB or something. DMT. Make it fun. Make it a memorable Christmas this year. That's the takeaway. Anyway, people, this is episode 822 here, Sick and Wrong. Got some phone calls coming up next. Uh, you still have time to give us a call and wish us a happy holiday. You might even make it on the holiday show. Ah, the holidays. It's snowing outside, the fire is crackling, and there's a big jar of unused lube on your nightstand. And that can only mean one thing. It's December. Yes, that time of year that we celebrate Christ's alleged birth with the purchase of a shiny brand new dildo at AdamEve.com. And if you use coupon code DIDDLE on your order, you'll get 50% off your first purchase, three free adult DVDs, and a free gift. Show your loved ones you still care and cram a brand new dildo down their holiday road. Support Sick and Wrong by supporting our sponsor, AdamandEve.com, and making a purchase using coupon code DIDDLE. That's D-I-D-D-L-E, like priests do to altar boys. Hallelujah. So we got a few phone calls to get to here. 323-522-4032 is that number. Um, this first call, this guy actually emailed us. Some people, this happens from time to time. People email us this really cool, long story. And uh, actually, even if it's not cool, if it's just a long story, <laughs> I'm like, just call it in. I'm not going to fucking read your email. But anyway, this guy called in a story about drunken sleepwalking. Oh. Hey, D. Hey, Kate. Uh... Firstly, um, I will suppose I should say congratulations on your wedding, but being a Gentile, and but however, still too tight to pay for Patreon, I'm not convinced you're actually married, but maybe the truth well, for me will never uh, will never be known. Anyhow, conspiracy. Uh, this is about the drunk sleepwalking uh, episode. A bit of a delayed response, but uh, here's my story. So anyway, my airline job puts me in uh, multiple cities, multiple hotels, several times a week. Whoa, are you a pilot? That's kind of cool. This guy does have a very nice voice, so he could be a pilot, but he could also be... A steward. A male stewardess. I think he's a steward, personally. A steward? I don't know. Well, he could just be like a co-pilot. I'm going to watch Airplane. I'm going to start quoting Airplane in like two seconds. I hope he's a steward. Move on. Yeah. And I've been at the job for over 20 years. Thing is, when stirring in the middle of the night, you do sometimes stumble towards what you think's the uh, the bathroom for piss. But uh, 
if you haven't put the bolt across the door, it could just as easily be the door to the corridor. And all too often, I've stumbled on through, walking along shit face, not even knowing where I'm going. Uh, the other We've all done that, and uh, we've all often mistaken like an Xbox as a possible toilet. You know, it happens to everybody. It's not Happy just birthday, me. Happy birthday, wackily. <laughs> Important part of the story is that uh, I'm completely naked. Only when I sleep completely pissed. Don't otherwise do it. So let's just say it's happened over the years that uh, I've stumbled down to the hotel reception, butt naked, asking the inevitable smoking hot chick uh, at check-in, please let me back into my room. And uh, they often are quite happy to lend a hand. It's got to be awkward. Hilarious, though, if you're working night shift and then something like that happens. You just Nowadays, you would totally be getting your phone out and, like, TikToking it. You'd be taking pictures. I'm pretty sure something like that happened to JoJo. What? He was in a hotel At the Hard Rock Casino. Yeah. Like, he somehow got locked out of his room, and he had to, like... I might be making this up, but I thought... I'm pretty sure it was him. But, yeah, he had to get, like, a tray... And like you walk around with trays to go down to the the front desk. Maybe it wasn't him. Maybe it was someone else. That's a comedy film, D. That's from a fucking film. No, but someone got locked out in the hallway, and they because they, you know, thought it was the bathroom and they're drunk and just kind of walked out. One of my friends, and then they. Big Jer. This seems like something Big Jer would do. No, it wasn't Big Jer. I want to say it was JoJo. I'll have to ask him about it when I see him. I've never slept walk. Slept walked. Have you? Not to my knowledge, I've never have. I'm not, I've never had either. I've had a couple of roommates, though, that were sleepwalkers. I would wake them up. I don't, I don't pay any credence to, um, credence to that, that myth where it's like, don't wake them. It's very dangerous. Do you know the first thing I'd be doing? Waking them up. Well, what's supposed to happen? They stroke out or something? I don't know. They're asleep. It's like, what? You can wake a sleeping person. They're not going to have a heart attack and die. I, th- I guess it depends on how you wake up. I'm, I'm not quite sure. I don't really know, um, like, wh- at what point you're a somnambulist. Like, I don't know when that happens and, like, what type of, what stage of sleep you're in. Maybe I would do why. the classic get a saucepan and, like, um, a wooden just spoon. Bam. Just attack it. Yeah, and, like, just wake them up with fear. I used to tell uh, my roommate Eric in college, who was a drunk sleepwalking pisser, he would piss on everything. I was like, dude, you come to my room? And you piss on anything in my room, I don't care if you're sleeping, I'm going to punch you in the face. And he's like, that's completely acceptable. And yeah. I was like, yeah. I was like, I'm not going to try to like, don't wake him up. I'm just going to punch you right in the face. Yeah. I don't you see why sleepwalkers, sleep, you know what? Sleepwalkers shouldn't have rights. If you're sleepwalking, it's within my right to stop you. I remember uh, Captain Carl, who was on the show, he was a sleepwalker, mostly a drunk sleepwalker. I don't I don't know actually if he still does. I haven't talked to him in a while. But I remember uh, he tried to get in bed with me and my uh, one of my ex-girlfriends when we lived on Treasure Island. Like, he thought it was his bed. And he just, yeah, like, my... walked in the room and, like, got in bed. We're like, what the fuck are you doing, dude? My and... ex did that with um, our producers, Emmy Stew. On. So they were asleep in their bed. We were staying at their flat while we recorded. And uh, Emily and Stu were asleep in bed. And my ex was like, he got up. He went to the toilet. He was like completely was he asleep, sleepwalking. No, I think he probably had on his jukers, as the uh, Scots say. And then he he was what just walked that? into their bedroom, and Emily said she she woke up, and she could see him in the doorway, and he was like lurching, and she was like, "Are you okay?" And he was teetering. 
He didn't say anything. He just went and got in between the middle of them. <laughs> Were they cool with it? She was like, yeah, I was half asleep. Why not? Did he have a boner? His tiny little boner. She wouldn't have been able to feel it. <laughs> <laughs> He's nubbin. Nubbin. But all too often, it's just cruel laughter. I have been so wasted, uh, however, when stumbling around looking for uh, the invisible bathroom in uh, Middle Eastern uh, country, sort of major hotel chains. I've, I remember just banging on random doors asking to let me in. Fuck knows what I was thinking, but uh, there you go. That's just uh, booze for you. And, uh, Did you get your fucking dick chopped off in like Saudi Arabia for doing that? I'm thinking of the let me in meme. That was this guy, our <laughs> pilot man. <laughs> One time, the unfortunate woman opens the door to see me standing there, all flaccid, including the cock, starts screaming and phones the police. And uh, (laughs) the uh, moral of the story there is, uh, yeah, you don't want to end up in a Syrian jail. Keep it sick, keep it wrong. And, uh, yeah, don't lick my balls. They're uh, probably covered in chemical weapons. <laughs> I I need our pilot friend, uh, Pistius Pilot, whatever. Pistius Pilot's quite a good name to ring back. I want more airplane stories. I want to hear about this Syrian jail. I want to know if he's a pilot or if he's a steward. That's what I want to know. Well, even pilots party hard. So, well, stewards party hard too. Some do. I've heard, and they play hard. From what I've heard with uh, uh, girls I've known that been stewardesses, they usually say. Uh, Pilots tend to be very conservative, like ex-military. At least in this country, I don't know about. As I say, maybe it depends on what airline you're working for. Because yeah. I'm pretty sure if you're a pilot for EasyJet, you can party way more than if you're a pilot Ryanair for like or something. I think so. in the the ones in like I'm talking about like United and American Airlines, it's like they say like a lot of the the pilots. And I might be wrong, but I just know a couple of stewardesses are like, yeah, they tend to be very conservative. Like Trumpers. I bet that. You can never be married to a pilot. You know they're fucking the stewardesses. You know they are. Why not? Um, <laughs> all right, next story we have here is uh, it's from male nurse. So we had a steward, now we have a male nurse. I love it. Hello, Kate, uh, Mr. Rambo. Um, <laughs> I'm, uh, I, uh, I called last uh, winter uh, with a, a nursing story about uh, me putting... Uh, my hand in a patient's cum. I don't know if you guys. Do you remember that? Call that I, mean, I do I remember know, that. Uh, yeah. Uh, Kate was asking for uh, more nursing stories. Uh, I can't compete with uh, uh, getting slimed with uterine pus, uh, like one of your other listeners. Uh, but I do have a, another story I thought I'd share with you that you might appreciate. Uh, last year sometime, uh, I went to a patient's room. I had a patient. He's a big black guy, probably around 6'2", 320, 3'3". Um, he's like, well, I'm really constipated. I mean, my suppository. So I was like, oh, no. okay. And I went. I went. I would have quit. I, I'd just be like, do it yourself. No. <laughs> but is that something like, can you just give them the suppository and be like, have fun with that, and I'll see you later. Here's a towel. Well, I think as yeah, I think you would, unless they're like incapable of doing it themselves. But like, just no, at no point am I ever being paid enough to put my fingers in a random person's asshole, and there's not going to be like fun involved. Fingers? I thought you do it with your tongue. Is that how you've been doing it all these years? <laughs> my mom taught me well. All right. 
and I went to give it, hand it to him, and he's like, well, I can't, I can't reach down there, it hurt my arms. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, I can't reach. He's a liar. You're going to have to do it. <laughs> Wouldn't you get like salad tongs or something? I don't think I would put my fingers in there. At that point, I'd be like, you're a liar, and you're wanting me to milk your prostate, and this is not going to happen. You fucking bend down, big boy, and put your own suppository <laughs> in. I'm going to go and get the doctor. I'm not doing this. I was like, fuck. So I went, uh, I was like, the meds on his, on his uh, med list, the doctor ordered it, so I guess I got to give it. So I got my gloves. I wonder if the doctors do that just to fuck with the nurses. Oh, I bet they do. I bet you know, the doctors are hoity-toity about it. Like, oh, well, I'm not the one who has to have my fingers in someone's asshole. But you get like a big fat guy. You're like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make that dude give him a suppository. <laughs> yeah, if you don't like the nurse. If it's I would totally be doing that. <laughs> this is the, why neither of us are doctors. I stuck my finger up his ass with his suppository and left. And I kept thinking about it. I mean, that was really... God, he did. He was just like, yeah. So then uh, there no, like, details about it. So, like, was he... Was he sitting there on his back with his legs spread open, or was he like? Was it you can tell this style? is not like, the first time he's done a suppository, though, because he's like, "Yeah, I just did it. It's part of the job." Whereas me, say, and you, you would be like, gloves? "That's the day I quit." Yeah, like, were you wearing gloves? I want to hear some more details about this. Because <laughs> he was wearing gloves. I'm just wondering, was he? Wouldn't you be wearing gloves? They have to wear gloves, D. Of course, take your mind out the gutter. Some of them don't. The ones you've been going to apparently do. And the next day, I asked the other nurse, hey, I was like, hey, what's up with that guy's suppository? And she's like, oh, he just wants you to stick his, your finger up his ass. So I told him that he could do it himself or he wasn't going to get it. Knew it. Like, Maybe I could be so, a nurse. Uh, it's uh, my story. I got uh, sexually assaulted at work. Um, I don't know if you guys would, would enjoy doing that for a living. Uh, but uh, on the upside, uh, uh, I can't get any, any women on this planet to let me finger them, but at least I got to <laughs> finger blast the big black dude. So <laughs> there's that. Uh, stay classy, you guys, and I'll call back later with some more stories. Wow, this guy had a Me Too moment. <laughs> I love these stories. <laughs> he was totally Me Too. He just, you know, it's. I mean, like, I, what, what could you do? I would sue him. I would sue the big who black would guy. Who would you sue? What, what the guy probably doesn't even have any money. Maybe he does. I don't know. Could have been Rick I, Ross. Do you know what I would do? I'd go back into that room and spit in his face. Although he'd probably like that. So maybe I wouldn't. I'd spit into his food. <laughs> I just would refuse. I would refuse. It's funny how the guy's like an equal opportunity. Anyone who's willing. It doesn't male or female. It's just like, stick, my, stick your finger in my ass. Stick your f- Milk me, baby. <laughs> Well, you know what I think it is? I think a lot of people just get off on the hospital fantasy. That's definitely a thing. People yeah. just want any attention, be it good or bad. Like, and hospital provides both types of attention. Not for you, me. I could never be a nurse. Uh, neither could I. You know who I think would make a, a pretty good nurse? Whom, David? Uh, hello. It's, um, uh, hey, he actually uh, would. Again. I actually think he would. I don't know if he would stick his finger up a you know big black guy's ass. But I maybe. think he, FM would take really good care of you. I think so too, and I think he's uh yeah he's a a, a very loving, hospitable individual. You know. Yeah, I think he'd be a nice. He's a good cook, so let's let's catch up with FM here. Nice. Like always, uh, I call in uh, whenever I try and have a good uh, achievement in uh, social uh, events, and I guess the quest to have a regular uh, life. 
You know, the guy, the last caller had a good achievement with a social event. <laughs> I think this one's actually a decent one, at least saving up for a big one. Uh, I was actually able to hopefully not uh, embarrass myself and actually be the best man successfully at my brother's wedding. Um, oh. I was able to get, uh, go with people in the party, have pictures, and I guess uh, corrals and uh, canoodle, if you will. Canoodle. Other people, I guess if you say that right. Did you uh, organize a stag party? This is a big deal. It's uh, no, also something like... You know, FM is such a yes man, because if anybody said to me, well, firstly, I'm too old to be a bridesmaid. But if anyone said, oh, I want you to be my like, maid of honor, will you be? I'd be like, fuck off. Fuck off. That. I wouldn't do it just because it's so much work. And like, yeah, being a best man. And then, you it, you know, it's all day. It's, you can't have like one of the joys of going to the wedding is that you're there for the food and the booze. And then suddenly, if you're part of the wedding party, you're like, oh, I have to take pictures. Yeah, you have to be nice to all these fucking strange other family members I might not have met. Like, I can't just cut loose. I'm like, ah, fuck this. I hate weddings anyway. And I was also able to even, uh, I guess, let loose and uh, have several, I guess, mixed drinks. Ooh, Um, I guess I was able to successfully. uh, Pina coladas. Uh, I had things like uh, I had vodka and Sprite with uh, lemon and lime wedges. I had rum and orange juice. What is what is what's a vodka and Sprite with lemon and lime? Is that a martini? Um, that's um, Charles, one of Charles Bukowski's favorite drinks. That's is when he a went to a bar. What is he that? Would, yeah, he would have a vodka, vodka and Sprite. Oh, vodka and Sprite sounds like one. Well, just a vodka soda. Or vodka well, because some people like it sweet, don't they? Some people like lemonade, so. Yeah, guess that makes sense. And then what's a rum and orange juice? That is an actual cocktail. I can't remember the name of it. You know, rum and orange juice. I don't even know that. One of my favorite cocktails that I'd completely forgotten about. I've not had it in years. I thought about it the other day. I love a tequila sunrise. Why are they so underrated? When's the last time you had a tequila sunrise? God, I can't remember. What is in a tequila sunrise? Orange juice, well, tequila. It's just shitty tequila, orange juice, and grenadine. Oh, and grenadine. You know what uh, my brother introduced us to? I remember when he was like a bartender. God, it must have been the 90s. Have you ever had a madras? Uh, no, I haven't. What's in a madras? It sounds such like a fancy term, like so bougie, a madras. It's like vodka with cranberry and orange juice. So it's like cranberry, oh. yeah, with cranberry juice and orange juice and vodka. It's called madras or madras. You know, a Cosmo was my drink for the longest time. I used to love Finlandia vodka in particular is um, very delicious. I liked Finlandia vodka with just cranberry juice. That's what I would drink. I drank it exclusively for years. <laughs> I wonder if, uh, did you could do like full on like daiquiris FM? That's what I want to know. If he was like, you know, fuck it. I'm at a wedding. I can order whatever I want. That's the, I guess that is the one good thing at a wedding is you can pretty much order whatever you want. Yeah, most weddings aren't open bars, though. Not least ones I've gone to. Yeah, I don't know which ones you're going to. God, they're Not cheap rich in the people north of ones, England. like apparently you're going to. I go to nice weddings, Steve, where the people if, actually. If I go to a wedding and, and I got to pay for a drink, I'm getting the fuck out of there. You had to pay for pissed. your own drinks at our wedding. I guess I did, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get the fuck out of there. I'd be like, I'm out of here. I actually, but a lot of people bought me drinks, so I got pretty, pretty tight. On uh, on people's, yeah, I got pretty turned up at that one. Uh, There was 
I guess one person who said Kool-Aid and Everclear was a good idea, which sadly it wasn't. <laughs> what wedding is and Everclear? I was able to actually successfully get home before anything happened, although I did wake up hating myself and found out what a hangover really feels like, and I don't really think I'll be doing that again. But aside from- How you get used to it, man. <laughs> yeah, do you know what, FM? You you certainly learn to deal with your hangovers the older you get, but Booze Blues is a big is a thing. Lots of people. Oh, is it just the, it. the next day remorse? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it is who a the fuck has Everclear at a wedding? That's crazy. Have you even had is it, Everclear? Is that a vodka? Kind of. It's almost like moonshine. It's like 180 proof. It tastes Holy terrible. Fuck. Yeah. I don't know why anyone would even make a cocktail out of that. And Kool Aid never. He's at a Pennsylvania wedding. That's what he's at. As I say, this is like a, a porch drink. That's what I'd call like a party drink when you're like 17 and you're just wanting to get fucked. Bug That's juice what or whatever drink. they call it. God. Bum juice. Did you just call it bum uh, juice? Another thing no, that... bug juice. They used to call it like bug juice. Oh, I thought you called it bum juice then. I was like, that is Although that, that, that would be a funny name for a cocktail. Bum juice. <laughs> it wouldn't work over here. I've actually been able to do is, I've actually been able to do some, uh, uh, prep bake sales uh, for some of the holidays. Now that I'm doing uh, normal nine to five work. I- Do you remember when uh, Harrison and I called FM up on the Christmas show and I talked do. to him about Christmas? That wasn't last year. It was the year before. I think it was like, was it the year, not last year. Was it the year before, two years ago? Three yeah, years it ago? was the year before. I it was a while ago. Cause I remember he was a new caller, but he loved Christmas so much. So we called him up just to see how, uh, you know, how he's dealing with Christmas. Like, what's he, what his plan? And he was FM just like, goes all out. All out. Like, that guy is super into Christmas. And, like, has all these recipes. And he's a really good uh, chef. Like, he makes, like, Christmas stuff. Like, cakes Yeah, and I shit. think FM is missing his calling by not going into, like, catering properly. What's the uh, British baking show with Noel Fielding? Oh, the Great British Bake Off. Why doesn't he go on that? Show. He should go on that. Well, yeah, Come do over to Yanks London and star in the Great British Bake Off. Don't do that. Just like fucking, he could do catering very, very well. And you can make a lot of money being a caterer. FM, start your own YouTube show, teaching people how to cook. We'll plug in on second wrong. All right. I also agree with that. I think that'd be a good idea. Let's come up with a good name for it. Able to find a few places where I can still go and do what I used to do and go into more uh, elderly areas and try and do things like uh, bake bread and cookies for the old, uh, I guess, old people sounds a bit uh, harmful. I guess one of the more elderly or uh, late of age, if you could could say it like that. Octogenarian. (laughs) Call them that. Late of age. (laughs) Octogenarian. But they're Uh, old. What's wrong with calling them old? They are older than time. (laughs) They've got that weird skin, that weird skin of old people where it looks like paper and you don't want to touch them. Yeah, old as fuck, and they're all breakable. And I, old old people creep me out. I don't know if I could do old that. Old people FM. creep me out. I don't know whether it's because like you can sense that death has one that's, hand, clammy that's, hand that's on their shoulder, yeah. but like well, old people also, and babies, I just don't like and I avoid. It also just it, it it's a symbol of the passing of time, and I'm just like fuck, that's gonna be me one day, and then I'm just like I'm just gonna kill myself before that happens. Before I end up alone I don't, in a home. I, you know, I do like old people far though. Talking about the war. <laughs> and like suppositories the they can't put up a fight <laughs> that's the thing you know i felt really i guess uh fulfilled 
being able to give people a, a bit more Suppository. of a taste for like old comforts when they don't have family that visits them in certain old people homes or I guess other things such as that. Just another update that I wanted to get. I'm still yeah, that you know, Jews call that a mitzvah, FM. You did a mitzvah by doing that. Like a good deed. Yeah, good deed. I would never do that. <laughs> just, I, I, I would never do yeah, that. I just, I don't know if I like, you know, couldn't be ours to go to a old people's home. First of all, I don't celebrate Christmas, so I wouldn't do that anyway. But yeah, I couldn't imagine like on my own time. Like, you know, uh, some people I work with, one of our, we have this new director and she sent out a thing saying like, for Thanksgiving, you could go to like a food bank in LA and actually like, pass out food and gift packages no. and things like that and so a bunch of people in my work were like so you plan on doing it or are you going i was like going where they're like oh you didn't get the email i was like oh yeah that and i deleted it and they're like what you're not gonna go do it i'm like no why would i do this like no. i didn't mean to sound callous but i really couldn't give a shit i couldn't give a shit eva like just no like and talk about like no. catching covid it's like the least of your worries when you go to like It's like, do you know what? Kitchen. If you want to do a good fucking deed and feel good about yourself, because at the end of the day, a lot of these people are only doing it for the selfish need that they feel that they've done something good. Keep you do that shit that. weekly. <laughs> you do that shit weekly for a fucking year. And then you've done something good for society. Just going on the high holidays so that you can feel better about yourself when you're at home eating all your fucking, I'm turning into steel here, eating all your fucking Christmas food and giving out all these expensive presents. No, that is not a good deed. It's the exact opposite of a good deed. It's actually very selfish behavior. You know what I think is a good deed? Me staying inside my apartment and not going into society. I also agree with that. I so think that's he's... a good deed. I'm sparing everybody the annoyance of having to deal with me for even like 10 um, minutes. I would have sent your director back that screed and been like, oh, yeah, just going on the holidays, are you? Why don't you go weekly? Go well, weekly and get to know these people, you selfish bitch. It's the gift of giving, you know? They, they want to feel good about it. Trying to find a good, like, uh, fantasy or video game themed burlesque show to go to. I'm still to on really that burlesque find a way thing. to, I guess, be you out and open. Yeah, but you missed the boat. You had a fucking best man at a wedding. Why don't you like go to the local strip club? No, a strip club D is not a burlesque show. I think D- FM will like a burlesque show because they're different and it's like a relaxed atmosphere. A strip club is too advanced. And also it's it's not the same kind of vibe. That is true. You got to work your way up to the uh, the strip club. But I mean, that's what I'm saying. It's a bachelor party. So you think, or I guess maybe you didn't do a bachelor party. Maybe his brother's older. It's like, ah, I don't Some people, that. it's a waste of money, a bachelor party. So it's like a Hindu. What do you call Hindus in America? I don't know. What do they call that? Like uh, when women go out, like a female yeah, bachelor a, party. Bachelorette party. Bachelorette party. A bachelor. Oh, no. I prefer calling it a Hindu because you could just imagine all these looking hens. Do they <laughs> uh, like get like you, like you go to Vegas, it's inevitable you'll see bachelor parties and bachelorette parties because there's. That's why what people do. They of go to course. Vegas for it. But it's funny because it's like the dudes are usually just wasted and usually they'll fuck with a guy and like you know, make them wear a stupid shirt or something. But the Hindus, like when it's a bachelorette party, they have they, they get crazy. Like they wear like penis like hats and penis necklaces and they're drinking drinks with penis straws. Like they get they, they get weird about it. I, that's firstly, that is my absolute idea of hell. Being just like trapped in a room full of like women there's no sausage about, just clam. You get a male but stripper. I was on the end, 
and then there's a male stripper coming in and we've all got all these penis ornaments. Get me I would I would dive bomb out of a window. That it's just not... it's really weird though that they like it is weird. Get all these like penis symbols. Adorn the penis regalia. You can't you cannot put a group of women together without there being drama, bitchiness, and a fight. Especially like, northern slags. Right. You remember that show Bridezilla? I used to watch that all the time. I love Bridezilla. I never saw it. Did they women did just... they show the Hindus? Yeah, they show you the Hindus and women just go out of their minds when they're planning weddings. They just ask for unreasonable and I've seen this from people in my real life too. Like Ugh. they just like they lose all sense of like just just morality. It just flies out the window when the wedding is in. It's great to know. watch, but never to be a part of. Yeah, I don't get it. And also I figured it would be fun to say something about the wedding since uh, I found out about the wonderful news of uh, you, Dee, and Kate. And uh, I guess I could uh, say the usual congratulations. Oh, thank you. And there, like FM. always, uh, thank you. Uh, keep it sick. Keep it wrong. I'll try again to be social. And thank you again uh, for letting me talk. Ah, my hat's off to you, FM. You're doing a good job being social. Yeah, he's way, way more sociable than I am. <laughs> I was about to say, it's like he's doing way more like uh, social excursions than you do on a regular basis. I bet there's like burlesque shows going on all, all over like New Year. and Well, now is the boom time I think Christmas New Year. FM, if you want to have any hope of seeing a burlesque show, you probably have to go to Philadelphia, I imagine. Philadelphia. Yeah, you gotta go to Philly or maybe go hit up like New York or something like that. You're probably not that far from it. Yeah. You know what he, you know what he would area. like? I don't know if they still do it, but they uh, used to do Suicide Girls did it. But I had, uh, I dated briefly dated a girl that was C3PO in a burlesque Star Wars burlesque thing. Oh, are you talking about like um like one of the cons, like drag con or something? No, it's a it's a group. It's like a they I, I, the Suicide Girls do it. She wasn't part of Suicide Girls. She was part of another group. But they do. It's called Star Wars Burlesque. It's in L.A. I know they travel out to New York to do shows. Cause she had to go to New York. She did a show in Chicago. FM would like that. I think FM would be into that. But she also said that there were like a couple people that would do Star Trek. So you get the best of both worlds, FM. Yeah, you can pick your poison. <laughs> Just don't drink Everclear and Kool-Aid while you're there. <laughs> Bad things will happen. No, anyway, um, people call the Sick Girl Hotline, 323-522-4032. Um, if you haven't already joined up on Patreon, um, get in the spirit of giving, all right? <laughs> just, just enjoy the holidays. Give some charity where it's needed. Um, no, don't waste your charity on this <laughs> sick and wrong Patreon. But if you want some really good quality content, if you don't get enough just having the sick and wrong you know, regular show and you want a little bit more, sign up for the second show. Go check out the second show on the sick and wrong Patreon. Uh, it's only five bucks a month. It's a whole show. Uh, this week, uh, you can hear details about my recent trip to cold and freezing Seattle. I think we didn't talk about it last week. Um, but No, because yeah. we got into a big debate instead. Oh, the necro- necrophilia, necrophilia and cannibalism. <laughs> and cannibalism. That was last week. Uh, but we also, you can hear about uh, Kate Rambo's stag night out on the town. Holiday party. Yes, in which Did- I caught. Not the COVID, but a very terrible cold. Yeah, you got a really gnarly cold from it. Just overdid it a bit. Yeah. Um, but anyway, you can hear about that. And, and uh, we also get into some more details about my brother's birthday and what a pain in the ass it was to uh, <laughs> plan this thing out. But yeah, second show is a lot, you know, a bit different than the main show. Um, we do a news story. We do get into like some personal details. It's a whole lot of fun. 
That's that's the only way I can describe it. It's just a lot of fun. It gets it, it gets crazy. It gets Why crazy are you on saying that? that with such like sarcasm? <laughs> it's a whole lot of fun. There's prizes to be won. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's like you know, there's no uh, we don't need barriers. We're not trying to like you know uh, do a show within a certain time frame. You know, we don't have specific topics to discuss. It's very freeform radio. So go check it out. Um, Patreon.com slash sick and wrong. And that's for five bucks a month. But if you sign up at the $10 level, you get sick and wrong overkill, which is our, uh, our mini episode this week. Uh, you covered Natalie Wood. Yeah, this is going to be like the first in a two parter because there's so much to do with Natalie Wood. You know, what's funny. I put up like a, a poll, a poll on my Instagram, like saying, should I do, should I cover Natalie Wood? Cause it was just the anniversary of her dying on Thanksgiving weekend. And like 80 people said, yes, I was so surprised. Cause didn't who like, was the who did they implicate in her murder? Who was on well, the boat? Well, it, it could be Robert Wagner, it could be Christopher, Christopher Walken, Walken, or yeah. it could just be like a tragic accident. But it's going to be a two-parter because there's so much information. And um, best good lad Thomas Noguchi, bless his heart, he's he's of a big L.A. coroner. You know, there was a guy in that used to call in and do a Christopher Walken impression. It was actually pretty decent. But uh, maybe I'll see if I can find the clip. He called in with Christopher Walken and Robert Wagner doing like double teaming Natalie Wood. That's and it's, the, you know, it's amazing. That totally went on that weekend. Oh, for sure. I on the boat? For sure. I never knew what a fucking booze hound Natalie Wood was. Oh, if anyone was... could, well, she's Rushkin. She's Rushki. But if anyone could put back the fucking booze, it's Natalie Wood. She, she was Chinese finger cuffs that night. Guaranteed. <laughs> Guaranteed. I'll send you the clip, but the guy did a really good job. It, it made yeah, me feel I'll play like it I was, on the show. It made me feel like I was actually there. Put it that way. It's that authentic. Mm-hmm. Anyway, patreon.com slash sick and wrong. Sign up today. We do appreciate uh, you supporting the show. Yes. Also, uh, if you want to get some uh, T Public uh, sick and wrong merch, just head on over to our store. Um, they, I think the sale might be wrapping up, but I know they're doing like a really like 30% holiday sale like this whole month. So uh, with even discounts on shipping. So uh, com slash shop. Click on the picture of the Pope. Buy yourself a sick and wrong tea. And finally here, sick and wrong song of the week. This one's holiday themed. Um, it's from Afro Man's album, Waiting to Inhale. It's called Dick Hang Low. And it might be Do one of my new holiday low. songs. <laughs> yeah, it might be from one of my new favorite holiday songs. I think if I go caroling, this will be the song that I sing. Anyway, people, we'll be back next week with a holiday show part one with a special guest, Wackley and Steel. Till then, take it sleazy. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. Your mom's, she got one eye and one leg. I call her IHOP, you know. Do you dick hang low? Do it wobble to the flow? Do it feel real good when you stick it in a hole? Can you throw it over your shoulders? Tote it like a radio. Do you dick hang low? Do your dick hang low? Do it wobble to the flow? Do it feel real good when you stick it in a hook? Can you throw it over your shoulders? Tote it like a radio. Do your dick hang low? Dang a lane. Uh uh. Check a lane. Nah. <laughs> boom boom bang. Yeah 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 yeah. My dick's hard. Uh 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 uh. In this part, it's funny. I can't stop it. It's your pussy, but I. Pop it, push it in slow, cause it's long like a dog.
donkey Grab them shoulders and spank that monkey Dick blown up, it's throbbing and it's swollen Keep the condom on, I gotta check your color My dick hang, women love my dang alike Drinking brew, pitching moonlight like all the pretty women won't leave me alone Cause they love the way flow, dog, bury that bone Do your dick hang low, do it wobble to the flow Do it feel real good when you stick it in a hole Can you throw it over your shoulders, tote it like a radio Do your dick hang low Do your dick hang low, do it wobble to the flow Do it feel real good when you stick it in a hole Can you throw it over your shoulders, tote it like a radio Do your dick hang low yeah, 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 I'm so long, but get this girl feel wrong, no, 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 don't get loud kid, I take a piss in the crowd, like Devin did, divas are nothing to me, tell the truth, Afro man, he be nothing to me, he busts a nut on my teeth, and the nut coordinate complimenting my teeth, check out my dog, all day, all night, all morning long, I got that long dick, money spent on condoms, reimbursed by the trick. Get your pink child when my dick is skeeting. Make you moan and cry when I'm pussy beating. My girl be fussing at me as if I'm cheating. That girl you saw me with, she's on my street team. Do your dick hang low, do it wobble to the floor. Do it feel real good when you stick it in a hole. Can you throw it over your shoulders, tote it like a radio? Do your dick hang low? Do your dick hang low, do it wobble to the floor Do it feel real good when you stick it in a hole Can you throw it over your shoulders, throw it like a radio Do your dick hang low, do your dick hang low Do it wobble to the floor Do it feel real good when you stick it in a hole Can you throw it over your shoulders, throw it like a radio Do your dick hang low Nazis experimented with elves as assassination teams. Small, easily hidden, silent, vicious. They have magical powers. They can't be hurt or killed. They eat anything. They're a perfect soldier. The problem is, there's no such thing. <laughs>